What happens when a farmer, a dietitian, and an artist decide to write a cookbook? Welcome to Everything Cookbooks, the podcast for readers, writers, and cooks. I'm Molly Stevens, and I am here with Kristen Donnelly. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Molly. We've both done a lot, well, done some, but you've done a lot of collaborative cookbooks. Yes. It seems to me sort of the general setup is often there's the practitioner, the chef, the person who's the expert, and then the writer. Yep. That's the team. Roles are fairly clearly defined. Each collaboration always works a little bit differently, obviously, but, you know, and some are more organized than others. (laughs) Yeah. Some are, you know, upfront what you're getting into a little more than others. Yeah. Well, today we're talking to three sisters. One is a farmer, one's a dietitian, and one's an artist. And they got together to write a book based on vegetables, Asian vegetables that the farmer sister grows, but they each contributed kind of equally to it. Yeah. It's so interesting to to me, the decision to write this book together. And then I'm such a process nerd. So I'd love to know exactly how they divided everything up and um, even just handled the, you know, like once you have a manuscript, how do you handle that among three authors? Right. And family members. Yeah. Right. And right. that's a whole other dynamic, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And they live. So, so we should say they live in, uh, in Quebec, in Quebec, Fr- right. French Canadian, Stephanie, Carolyn and Patricia Wang, but they don't live together. Yeah. They live right? actually quite far apart, quite far apart. And they have written a book called Asian vegetables. We're looking at the English edition. It came out in French first, which is published in, in Quebec. Carolyn is the oldest of the sisters. She's the dietitian. Stephanie is the farmer mm-hmm. and the vegetables are grown on her farm in Southern Quebec. And then Patricia is a musician and an artist living in Ramouski. Mm-hmm. So the three of them got together and wrote this kind of enormous, beautiful book called Asian Vegetables. And we're going to find out how they did it. I'm excited. Let's get to it. Welcome to Everything Cookbooks, Carolyn, Stephanie, and Patricia. I think this is the first that we've had three guests and three sisters, no less. So we're really thrilled you're here. Very, very excited to too. talk about your book. <laughs> we tend to jump right in. So we we just want to start. And I know in the acknowledgments, Stephanie, you mentioned that you came up with the idea for the book in 2018. Four years later, we, we have this beautiful book. So I'm just curious, what made you want to write this book? Well, I was growing Asian vegetables since uh, 2016, and then we started doing uh, CSA baskets. And so we had to introduce a bunch of new vegetables to my customers. So that's when I asked Caroline to to write some some fact sheets about the different vegetables, like just some general introduction to what's the vegetable, where it's coming from, how to use it in the kitchen. So after two seasons of going through the different vegetables, so we had quite a few uh, of those fact sheets and we felt like this is a material that is is not readily available. Um, we felt that there was a need for, for a printed book uh, specifically on these uh, Asian vegetables. So we brainstorm between sisters whether we would go for self-publishing or approach a publishing house so we were kind of 
in the midst of um, doing the those researches and then I happened to talk to a friend of a friend. She did publish books by herself. So we talked about the, the different options. And then a year later, she contacted me saying, okay, I'm now working with Parfum and We are looking for projects to develop that falls into this category of food, environment, family stories. So she thought bad about, about our discussion and... Yeah, she she presented the project already to the team and they were excited. So yeah, we got we went forward. That's cool. So food, environment, family stories. That's exactly what yeah. this book is. <laughs> Just to clarify, you you've been farming, right, for a couple of years, right? That's neat that it came very organically out of something that you were already doing. Yeah, and those handouts were something that you would give out in the CSA. Right. In the help. newsletter. In the newsletter. Oh, in the newsletter. Yeah, a weekly yeah. newsletter with yeah. recipes or what's happening on the farm. But I also introduced every week. So a, a fact sheet on vegetable. And you mentioned that Carolyn was helping you do the writing. So how did you decide to do it as a team, all three sisters? It's mm-hmm. amazing. Family project. And I guess um, because I have a background in nutrition, uh, I work as a dietitian. For Stephanie, she has so much to do with farm, growing vegetables, and then also sending that newsletter. So she thought that she would benefit from having one of her sisters helping or (laughs) someone helping to write uh, some information about uh, those vegetables. So I just like presented those vegetables, uh, added some info about preparing and cooking and and also sharing some ideas how to cook those vegetables. So mm-hmm. just kind of helping help uh, Stephanie uh, in her work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so the, the two of them kind of, yeah, had this going on. And in parallel, I was already having a project of my own, um, asking questions to my family and well, collecting the stories, kind of doing a music musical project with it. And so uh, my sisters asked me to join the project uh, so we could have family stories in the book. And of course, I said oh, yes. That's so cool. Wow. It all just makes so much sense just hearing those three. Yeah. From a very, I guess, pragmatic point of view, how did it actually work? Did you just have like a lot of documents on a Google Drive? Were you mailing things back and forth? You live far yeah. from me. I yeah. mean, you all live in Quebec, but not... Next door. Yeah, I have to say that Rimouski is uh, 600 kilometers from Montreal. So um, Quebec province is a big province. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, we, we're very organized, I think. <laughs> I think I can <laughs> say that. Uh, we have a, a drive with a lot of files. And we had a yeah. lot of, um, I don't know how to say that, but in French, we say PV for procès verbal. So when we, we, we have uh, some working sessions, we type... Uh, the decisions. And so, yes, we're we're very organized. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like it. But that was one of the challenge because, yeah, each sister, we're a different city in Quebec uh, province. But yeah, with Google Drive, uh, sharing the documents and also when working on a document, either Word or PDF, we would do the comments, but everything is online. So that's practical. And maybe we're going to talk more about that. But in terms of the process like um for example like the writing part and reviewing each sister's writing one thing that i found really useful is to to use an excel spreadsheet uh, where we would write all the book content on each row 
and then each sister would be responsible for a section and then we will use that spreadsheet um, so it, when a sister has to finish to write a, a section then we will make it clear that the other sisters can review that part and we oh. will proceed like that uh, it would take yet maybe like a three review for the first draft or something like that so yeah that was a way to follow the work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I love those little like project management systems and <laughs> how people kind of come up with their own yeah. their own versions and to be clear so this book was you wrote it in french right yes and it was pitched to a canadian publisher we're curious because we mostly talk to authors who are publishing their books in the United States first, maybe sometimes in England or Australia first, but we haven't talked to many Canadian authors. So I'm curious, I guess, number one, did you know that the book would come out in English as well? And number two, I guess, do you have a sense of how publishing is different in Canada compared to the United States? Or No, basically we were accompanied by the Parfum Publishing House from the beginning. So when my friend's friend came back to me saying, okay, uh, would you be interested in, in doing this with us? We didn't write everything at that time. We just had the idea. So with them, step by step, they just told us, okay, now you should develop your full idea of your table of content, and then they would review it. So it was really interesting for us I think to so that we did not felt like we we did a lot of writing for nothing because um everything was kind of thought before right. beforehand for me what I thought is they would cut a lot of our text because it's a big book like 350 pages I was sure after we sent the first manuscript they would cut I don't know one third out at least because I felt well there's a lot of word and text and but no they didn't and I felt really um, respected in that process that they they felt every section was relevant although there's in the book we're going into different directions like Patricia even teach how to read and speak Cantonese right yeah yeah there's kind of and we talk about traditional Chinese medicine, but everything has the the core line of the Asian yeah. vegetables. So it yeah. makes sense in the end. There was no proposal is what I'm hearing. You just worked with them and developed the outline once you'd agreed on writing this book. Together. We did make a proposal that I okay. wanted to specify. So our editor, so the, the Stephanie's friends uh, contacted her. She did ask for a proposal. Mm-hmm. So she, we did uh, send a proposal. We presented us as authors, the three of us, and also um, the idea that we have for the book to who we intended to write. So the readers and the ideas for the content. So the, the three part and um, the gardening, the cooking, the storytelling Mm -hmm. we already did we have already the idea of the 15 vegetables no maybe not I think that was discussed with the publisher but um, we did have an idea of what we wanted to present for each vegetables like uh, how to grow them the cooking tips Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. recipes yeah, so we, we send that. Okay, yeah. yeah. The structure is so interesting. I mean, we, you mentioned the 15 vegetables. And so it's seasonal. So we have the four seasons. But then within the, then the 15 vegetables that you chose to highlight 
that creates the structure and then all this other content that's in there. And just curious about how you came up with this structure. And that's interesting because I came back into my ideas of uh, our writing process. And I think we did discuss the structure, like even before sending the proposal, Stephanie, because she's growing the vegetables, she already had that idea of um, presenting, at least like presenting the information through the season so we can follow a farmer season. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I also did a training course. Like it was like a weekend long with a person who wrote and published two books. So it was like a writing training program. So during that weekend, we, we developed the structure of the book and she shared a lot of um, advices for all of the different steps of publishing a book with a publishing house and some writing tips. So it was really helpful. And at the end of that weekend, I kind of had the structure pretty clear and I presented it to the sisters and it helped really um, to be able to divide the whole book into, I don't know, 40 sections. So it would be really easy for us to, to split who was going to write what. So we were all responsible for categories so patricia the storytelling for me gardening and caroline the, the cooking and vegetables and then we had a lot of shared sections like introduction conclusion and these different things as you mentioned there's so many types of content there's growing but then it's not just gardening information you're often talking it sounds like stephanie you're talking to people who are potentially other farmers and some of these like self-care and mindset tips for getting through the season. And I'm wondering like who you pictured as your reader. Yeah. One of the main goal was for me to talk to other vegetable growers, especially small scale organic. So all my other colleagues, because I feel that there's a need for more growers of these vegetables because I have a lot of demand and Honestly, I cannot supply the whole demand. So there's a lot of space for for more offer on these vegetables. I've read a lot of gardening books and, and market gardening books. And yeah, I could never find this, this language of really taking care of ourselves and going through burnout, how to recover. And the whole book for me is kind of a... It's the way I came to understand farming as it should be. For us, it has to be sustainable, not only profitable, but also sustainable for us on a daily basis, because otherwise we will get tired, uh, fed up and switch work. Okay. So we, we see a lot of that. And the goal is to maintain us as farmers, maintain our farms on a more, on a more durable um, scale. So... Yeah, a, a lot of my colleagues actually wrote to me, especially about this section on, on burnout to say, I'm so happy you wrote this. It really talks to me and we need to talk about it more. It's beautiful because we talk a lot about sustainability in agriculture, referring to the land mm -hmm. and the climate, but not necessarily the individuals, the human, the human, yeah. human costs. So that's really interesting to hear and, and explains a lot how the book, why the book is structured the way it is, but then your choice to include the recipes and make it a cookbook too, because it is, I mean, it's more than a cookbook, but it's structured around these, I think it's 45 recipes, 15 vegetables, each one has three or so recipes. And so how did that decision to include the recipes come about? 
So it's 40 recipes, two, three recipes per vegetables. Um, and we had the idea of including recipes right at the beginning, like mm -hmm. for the proposal. Uh, it just makes sense because uh, you want people to be able to, to cook those vegetables. Sure. It, it's nice to have ideas of how to cook quickly a vegetable, but it's also nice to have a, a recipe. But then for the recipes, we, we did brainstorm because uh, we didn't intend to write all the recipes uh, by ourselves. So we did invite so chef and uh, family members or people we know who cook uh, those vegetables. Stephanie, she works with a lot of chefs, like she sells her vegetables to a lot of chefs uh, in her area. So that was just for her making sense to include uh, some of them in the book. So she did ask if um, any chefs wanted to uh, contribute to some recipes. And we did the same for our, our family. Yeah, maybe a note that actually at the beginning, we were not thinking of including as many recipes in the book. I think we're talking maybe about 15, 20 recipes, but it's um, the publishing house team felt like it would be a better seller if there would be like 40 recipes. So really more of a cookbook. Got it. <laughs> Interesting. Because we, we sometimes talk about, you know, where a book might fit on the shelf or where, you know, or in a bookstore. And there is a gardening section oftentimes, but then there's also a cookbook section. So it sounds like they wanted it to maybe sit in the cookbook section. I just wanted to say also that there are some friends that uh, have some recipes featured in the book. And it's it's about half of the recipes are from chefs and the other half from family members and friends. And with, with 40 recipes, we had that possibility to have a, a variety of recipes so main course but also side dishes or even desserts yeah there's a cocktail mm -hmm. also drinks yeah. yes yeah <laughs> and cooking level i feel like it was interesting because there were some that were so simple like roasted bok choy but then others that clearly were from a chef that had you know multiple components turbo with lobster and yeah yeah you know, some, some very chefy intricate yeah thing. I really enjoy the the eclectic nature of the recipes and especially those that come from friends. Like you can tell this was maybe something you had tasted from a friend and really loved. We really wanted like that variety of type of recipes, of level of difficulties uh, and um, of type of cuisine as well. So we did thought about who we can ask and also the people suggested some recipes and sometimes we would suggest, oh, could you do Cantonese fried rice? So just like we wanted some recipes, we had some ideas, but yeah. And also the, the people suggested some recipes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we wanted a balance between also some traditional or authentic Asian food, but also modern takes on on those and also just uh, recipes that are that were very original not not really anchored in a tradition mm -hmm. yeah Kristen and I were talking and noticing you use maple syrup as a sweetener which is you know certainly not a traditional Cantonese sweetener but you're in Quebec so that makes sense and there's apple cider vinegar and dried cranberries and things that you know also reflect the region you live in too and I guess it's also because this book is a praise for local, vegetables so it also makes sense and that's the way I think we cook at home too is that we would prefer local ingredients rather than Asian store bought ingredient imported and actually a lot of these those sauces have a lot of 
different ingredients, additions, or so yeah, we like to cook more with pure or natural ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yes, but even then, I'd say that, well, this book is a tribute to our family, aside from everything else. Um, and our family also adapted themselves to, to the areas where they lived through that immigration process. And in Madagascar, they had to do it. And in, in Canada, Quebec, they had to do it. So our family also cooks with maple syrup. But mm-hmm. There wasn't mm-hmm. any maple syrup in Madagascar, of course. <laughs> right, 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 right. And the testing of the recipes. So the ones you developed yourself, but then if you were getting the recipes from friends and was that also on the spreadsheet, who's going to test it and who's going to cook it and make sure it is tasty and everything that you want it to be? We did test all the recipes. <laughs> But, sure. but I would say that if we had to do it again, uh, we will plan the testing like ahead. <laughs> so mm. we did test going on. But at some point in the process, we, we, we thought, oh, we have to test all the recipes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did like do that, but it was like a lot of work and it wasn't really planned ahead. We could have planned it better or earlier. <laughs> Now you know. Yeah, and we did ask <laughs> yeah. some friends to help us mm-hmm. test recipes, but we also yeah tested a lot of them, and it was interesting. Um, it brought a lot of questions back to the chef who rolled the recipe, so there was a lot of back and forth. Yeah, we are very lucky to to have had very um, patient and uh, chef to work with because uh, yeah, some of them I called a lot. <laughs> well, and you give, you know, you do a very nice job of giving credit too for anyone who's contributed a recipe. There's a, an essay about who they are and what they mean to you and the process. So it's it's a very community. It feels like a really big community. Yeah, it really does. And I think it um, reflects also how Stephanie works. She really works within her community. Yeah, it's, it's again, just like a reflection of how she works. You love everything cookbooks, right? And we love making it for you. If you're ready to take this relationship to the next level, go to everythingcookbooks.com slash support. There you'll find links to our new merch, including the coziest t-shirts and sweatshirts and our bookstore where we earn commission from every book you buy. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Again, go to everythingcookbooks.com slash support to find all the ways to show us love. And thanks for listening. When we first saw this book, I think one of the things that Chris and I were really struck with is so often we see vegetable books from, you know, places we think of as like California or um, what we think of more as like where people grow things. And to be in Quebec, having a vegetable farm is really certainly something we could talk more about because people don't think of what can be grown there. Certainly the season is short, but it's not that short that you can't do. I mean, you do such a good job of talking about what will grow there. And extending the season. Mm-hmm. We are in northern climate. Yeah. Actually, we're in northern temperate climate in Quebec. But where I farm in Frilichburg, it's called um, Quebec's Florida because uh. it's the more southern point. So we, we do have a long summer season, especially more with climate change. Um, mm-hmm. It's perfect because we have the spring and the fall, which is cooler, where we can grow a lot of those leafy Asian greens. And then we have kind of a hot summer where we can do tropical plants as well. 
So it's perfect to have a, a wide range of vegetables. And then we have winter to rest. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. And some people extend the season by growing uh, leafy greens in a greenhouse in the winter. So you can grow all year long if you really want. In the book, I tried to keep it more of a general audience. So basically what you can grow outdoor in the field without any heated greenhouse. So that that was our focus to keep it accessible. I love that you you know address the insects and even have a wonderful picture of the flea beetles <laughs> that have attacked the mustard greens or whatever it is, because yes. that's, a, that's a reality for all of us. Yes, it's part of the game. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Back to the community. In the acknowledgments, we noticed that there were quite a, a lot of people who reviewed the manuscript for scientific accuracy, linguistic accuracy. When did you decide that was going to be necessary? And like, just even logistically, how did you make that happen? Well, for the, because I wrote a lot of the gardening part and I did not study in, in agronomy or like in the technique of agriculture. So I felt, sometimes I felt a bit like, uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to have some colleagues to review the part. So I asked my agronomist to review uh, some specific, more scientific parts. And then also two colleague friends from uh, organic farms one of them being a seed growers because we had a lot of <laughs> issue with all you know varieties cultivars and all of those vegetables so we he was very useful in um, clarifying some things and sometimes also felt like okay it's still confusing but there's kind of no better way to say it so yeah we sent them the, the sections when they were ready for reviewing uh, I think just one of them maybe read more lengthy, like the whole book, mm -hmm. but the other ones were just few sections. So other than that, we did not send the book to anybody to review just for general reading. It was the publishing house. There was, I don't know, four or five round of edits. Mm -hmm. And the first one, there was so many comments. Yeah. Kind of yes, we know. Scary. And then with all our, with all of our replies, like the, the document would be so heavy, it would jam and yeah, yeah. We, there wasn't a technical issue at that at that point. The computer starts smoking. Yeah. 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 Right, right. <laughs> In those edits back and forth with your editor, everybody, each one of you went through them or yes, we went through everything, but we had each of us had like her special and dedicated section, mm -hmm. uh, as we mentioned earlier. So the priority was for, for each of us to review those sections and then go over everything else. So that's how we worked. It's remarkable from a voice standpoint that you all learning that you wrote, like wrote the storytelling, wrote the, the food, wrote the gardening, because it has one voice. You write in the um, first person plural. It's, it's aside from like Stephanie, your, your burnout story. It's all we and us. It does read like one voice. So it's it's remarkable. And maybe that's because your sisters and you're so connected. But um, <laughs> you but don't maybe... feel like they're three different people talking. I, at least I didn't when I read it. And maybe because we did the, those uh, review after each sisters wrote it. So, of course, for the first um, revision, uh, that was more intense uh, for reviewing. So mm -hmm. really, every sisters reviewed all the other sections. And I guess for that first revision, kind of fine tune 
the voice or like the wording and and making it clear as well. Sometimes it's clear for the writer, but not really for the other people who, who reads the part. So I guess at the end, it feels like it's more like coherent. Like a, Yes, yes. Yeah, I yeah. think it's all about the mindset too, because although we were responsible for certain sections, we wanted consensus. Can I say yeah, yes, consensus. Yeah, yes. And from the beginning, it was clear that we wanted consensus and we were always trying to find compromise. And even in this in the section where one was, let's say, more responsible in that section. So I think that's why the result is one voice. Mm-hmm. How involved were you with the translation? It happened this summer, actually. Okay. I know I read the whole book twice, at least. from beginning to end and for the two process like in the French and English round of revisions I was really amazed at the quantity of edits we had to do even despite so many people had went through like Mm -hmm. the linguistic review all the editors like until the end we would always find typos and mistakes and so many things grammar and I think that was one of our strengths uh, to being perfectionist about the, the reviews because basically my lesson is that you cannot just rely upon the other ones who will read it because it's such a lengthy book that we did find a lot of French mistakes during the, the English revision mm. but still I think it's very... Uh, few of those mistakes compared to the length of the book so I think we did a great job but it was <laughs> it was a many many hours yeah yeah, yeah. that sounds really intense <laughs> talk about the design and photography before we before we let you go because it is it's a stunning book it's a, it's a real achievement that way we did uh, suggest um, names for photographer and Particularly, uh, so Virginie Gosselin, so we were really lucky that she accepted to work uh, with our book. She worked uh, for Trois Fois Par Jour as well. So I had all the magazine and so I was looking for pictures that was what I had in mind for our book. And so Virginie Gosselin uh, pictures was uh, the design that I had in mind. That's interesting also because her parents are farmer or they, mm. oh, they cool. produce cheese and they work in the area near Frelichburg uh, in Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu. So she already has some interest in farmers, uh, artisan, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and she knows that area. So she was really interested in the project as well. Genuine interest in, mm-hmm. in the, the work Stephanie was doing as a farmer because her family as well are working on a farm. So it was great to, to be able to, to have her in the project. The photography is, is a big part of it, but there are also these line drawings at the beginning of every vegetable entry. Really beautiful, botanically accurate drawings, um, detailed drawings of these uh, vegetables. And then the also the illustrations of your family's immigration history. And just curious where those came from. And did you always know they were going to be part of it? So those drawings were added by uh, the graphic designer of the book. So it was more like a design choice. Okay. About the map, because the book is a tribute to our family. And also because I think it was important for us to to tell the general story and travel of Mm -hmm. our our family. So it was just a visual way of telling the China to Madagascar, to Canada, Quebec and other places traveling. 
and it's not a narrative that we hear often, the Chinese Madagascar uh, one. <laughs> uh, and it it it's part of our being and it's part of of the the cuisine that we grew up with. Um, it's part of our heritage. So I think it was very important for us to say that and to put it on a map. Yeah. China, yeah, the, Madagascar, and Quebec. The illustration, I mean, you read the story, and it, but the illustration, somehow visualizing it makes yeah. the story even more powerful. Yeah. I think so. And you, you can see the three continents. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's three continents through three generations. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe I can add also in terms of uh, design choices. Um, we had at the beginning, even like at the proposal stage, um, the idea of um, having some painting like more like aquarelle to introduce each chapter uh, just like a Chinese type of aquarelle but more in a modern sense uh, so we did ask like to have that in the book um, but you'll notice that there's no such a illustration so there were some choices uh, to make so the publisher went for a hundred person like photography uh, with the photographer and we have a, a great photographer uh, Virginie Gosselin so we're really happy with that but yeah, we did have to say, okay, well, there won't be uh, those aquarelles. And we wanted that because we wanted to have some poetic in the book. And y- you might notice it with some uh, poems. Well, and actually, the poems yeah. are not in the English version. That's why ah, okay. I just thought about that. So there is <laughs> poems in the French version, but yeah, in the English version, right. there's no poems. But yeah, so that was another choice that had to be made for the English version. So mm-hmm. the poems were in French. Yeah, but it was a bit disappointing that they did not ask us whether we would replace them, find new English poems. But I guess their time and mm-hmm. financial uh, budget for the translation was limited, so they had to just cut them off. But yeah, it feels like it's not as full and complete as the French book, yes. where you have mm. where you have like an, an epigraph at the beginning of the book, and then you have a poem every beginning of section. Mm. season and then at the end there's the whole poem that Patricia wrote which is beautiful so people will have to check for the French version (laughs) it's poems but also quotes I think Mm. it's half half quotes and poems I think yeah it was evocative of of an atmosphere I think an atmosphere that we wanted the the reader to be put in Mm -hmm. so yeah it's as Tiffany says it's a pity that it's not an English version I love the way you say that, an atmosphere you want to put the reader in, because I feel like that from the photography. Yeah, there are lots of full page photographs of the farm, of things growing. Yeah. Landscape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And for the whole design, it's uh, Julie Massy. She was our design director for the French book. And she's the one who really did a masterpiece into putting a lot of text into a readable and in a way that yeah, reader can read it and not feel like oppressed by so much content. So yeah. she she really did a nice job. And working with the photographer was a single photographer who did both the food dishes and the landscapes. Yeah. How did that work? There was um six photo shoot days, three mm-hmm. at the farm and three in the studio, if I remember well. Mm-hmm. And there was one in the spring, one in the summer, and one in the fall. Mm-hmm. So we would capture the farm at different moments and also have uh, some days at the studio where we would shoot like six recipes per day. And so we would cook the recipe. We would ask the chef or people who proposed the recipe 
be if they wanted to be there in person. So a lot of them were there to oh, really cook their recipe and have it photographed. So it was it was fun. It was big full days. Yeah, but yeah, the photographer Virgin Gosling specialized in food photos. So and she has all of those dishes and cloths and and different uh material surfaces for mm -hmm. tables and all so it was fun to play with all of that and it seems like patricia and caroline came to the farm for the photos because yes. the three mm -hmm. of you are in many of them yeah yeah, yeah. we were involved yeah we were present yeah. for the yeah. photo shoots <laughs> yeah how long did it take to write this book it took a, a year to write okay. book yes and the photo shoot like stephanie said like throughout them mm -hmm. um, this this season uh, yeah, from spring to fall. I think and, it's two years, like one year writing and then yeah. one year editing and photo shoots. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then waiting for printing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the French edition came out in the spring? Fall. Oh. In the fall. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One year. It's it's exactly oh, one, year. Yes. one year. October twenty two for the French and October yeah. twenty three for yeah. the English. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the English edition, the the rights were sold to House of Anansi even before the French book was officially uh, released. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting how that all works. It's a very long time. I'm just thinking like, so I don't know how it is marketing a book or promoting a book in Canada. Here in the US, it can often be very intense, especially like for the couple months leading up and a couple months after the publication. Is it really intense for you where you had to like have this promotional season last year and promotional season this year yeah i guess it's more laid back uh, we had few interviews for the french edition we went to different book fairs so far not for the english one yeah we we just did a book lounge in ottawa for the english book i went to toronto to house of anansi and then went to some independent bookstores selling the book That's yeah i guess we're just surfing and accepting invitations as they come but it's I don't think we can say it's been intense. <laughs> but also you've been to Toronto because we were um, on the list for the Taste Canada Awards. Oh, yeah, for the wonderful. French book. So, congratulations. Wonderful. That's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a big, it's a real accomplishment. And um, maybe we can get you to come down to Vermont and we'll do something here with the sure. English edition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was telling lots of my farmer and gardening friends about it. Sure. And if you, if you invite us, we'll go. Okay. <laughs> For listeners who might want to write a book like this as a family project or a project even among multiple authors like this, what advice would you give them? It's really nice to build on the skills and expertise of each members of the family, not only in terms of like knowledge, but also like in terms of um, put the book together mm -hmm. uh, we we each have different skills yeah and communication as well so uh, we did uh, wrote a lot by email or using a, a word document but when needed we called each other sometimes yeah. it's just easier yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> i wanted to say also that because earlier you asked about how how was it to work uh, uh from a distance but i think it, it was a pandemic project mm -hmm. um Ironically, it kept us connected during the pandemic oh, because nice. mm -hmm. we had a project to work on. Yeah. And otherwise, I think it would have, you know, the pandemic and, and being inside all the time. And mm -hmm. So it kept us connected and we, we learned more about each other as sisters, but then colleagues. Mm -hmm. So that was really, that was really nice. Yeah. Very cool. 
for me, I think it was really fun to to have the publishing house since the early beginnings of the book. So an advice would be to reach out as early as possible before writing everything so that you can be aligned with what the publishing house is looking for also and make it more efficient. (laughs) (laughs) Again, congratulations. And thank you so much for spending time with us. It's a beautiful book and it's beautiful to hear how it came together and to see the three of you together. Thank you so much for your time. Take good care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Everything Cookbooks. For more info and ways to support us, go to our website, everythingcookbooks.com. The show is available wherever you get your audio. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It really helps other people find the show. Any book mentioned here can be found on our affiliate page at bookshop.org. Thank you, as always, to our editor, Abby Circatella. And until next time, keep on writing, reading, and cooking.